A reading from the Gospel of Luke. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The word of the Lord. All right, well, good morning. My name is Cody Quinn, and I'm the pastor of Students and Connections here at DI Fellowship, and I'm excited to speak to you this morning, the Sunday before Christmas. And so before we dive in, let me say a quick word of prayer. Father, we come before you this morning so thankful for your goodness and your grace. God, as we see all the lights around, all the light shows, God, all the lights in our houses, the, the trees in our house. Father, I just pray that we see that all of these decorations point to you and point to your light coming into our darkness. And so, Father, I pray that as I speak this morning, that you would speak through me and that you would change our hearts and minds to be more and more like you. It's in your name we pray, amen, amen. So you can see the title of my sermon on the screen, and it is Darkness Stands no chance. And so before we dive into the scripture, let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt like you stood no chance or like you had no chance at some point in life? I know for me, one of the first seasons of life that comes up is middle school. I mean, we could have just went middle school here, but middle school sports specifically, um, especially football. So I love football. I grew up playing football and in middle school, I was a scrawny little kid, and the, the, the people who played with us, so on our team, we were considered the small team, and all the other schools, they grew the grown men. The seventh graders going on 35, they had mustaches, they were a foot taller. And then you have me, this kid that uh, is not gonna do anything on a football field. And, and I remember, this is seventh grade year, and you know, I was warming the bench seventh grade year trying to play quarterback, but my older brother was quarterback, so that wasn't gonna happen. And 
I remember our coach put me and like this other kid that was my same stature on kick return. Okay, now it's not the fun part of kick return where you get the ball and you run for a touchdown. This is a front line of kick return. So your job, your responsibility is to get in the way of the defense so that your guy with the ball can run past them. This guy's not blocking anyone. I remember specifically one time the, the guy beside me, my same size, we were playing in another school and again, this guy with the mustache was running at us. And the guy like literally went under my friend Hayden and just picked him up and it was like the matrix. Like you just saw him, we just stood no chance and we, we knew it, we were just there to fill a role. And then eighth grade, I was like, all right, this is my year. Eighth grade, we're gonna shine, we're gonna grow a foot. We're gonna put 20 pounds of muscle on. And that didn't happen, so I grew out my hair. I put a smolder on, because you can't smile in sports pictures. And this was my year. But again, I realized I stood no chance. Whenever uh, we were gonna play BF Grady, this rival school, they had a kid named Linwood on their team. And I don't know what the name Linwood brings to mind, but it's a big dude, okay? Big boy, we became friends in high school, but in middle school, we weren't friends yet. He was on the opposing team. And I'm not sure if I lacked faith in my offensive line, if I lacked faith in my athletic ability, or if I just knew that he was way better than all of us and he was gonna kill us. But I knew we had no chance. Whenever I, I faked a handoff, come back to pass it, and Linwood just meets me and he becomes Buddy the Elf. And I am just squirming up under him. They say you couldn't see me under him. I'm not sure, but we knew at that point we stood no chance, no chance. Middle school, middle school sports, tough time in life. But we know that standing no chance or this feeling of hopelessness or this feeling of darkness, it's cute and fun in middle school. And when you're talking about being sacked by Linwood, but darkness is real. And in my life, I've seen how it's evolved and how it's changed from Buddy the Elf type darkness to Linwood type darkness, to real life. I remember even younger than middle school, laying in bed one night, hearing my parents argue. And I have no idea what they were arguing about. They may have been arguing about, you know, my dad wanting to watch one TV show and my mom wanting to watch another. I have no idea. But all I knew is that it was loud and I had no idea. And for me, that was scary, that was dark. I didn't know what was happening between my parents, good or bad. And so I wonder if any kids can relate to that in here, if you're going through that darkness now. I remember um, growing up, I had a, a second cousin whose uh, kidneys were failing for the second time in his life. And I watched as his health declined and declined and declined and as the family wrapped around him and were trying to support him and ultimately he found a donor, but that was a dark time in life. I remember um, I don't know how much you, you know about mine and Kelsey's story, but Kelsey and I, we dated for six years before we were engaged and, uh, you know, high school sweethearts in a sense. And, and I remember during our engagement at one part, Kelsey gave the ring back. And that was dark. That was hard. We're married today, but I didn't know if we would be then. That was a hard season for me and for us. And then now darkness comes up in, in, in different forms and in life, so I feel like I have no chance in, in different ways. But for me right now, it, it's living four hours from home. It's living four hours from home with only one, one grandparent living and my grandma's health is declining and declining. 
And I can't be there whenever she needs a ham biscuit from Bojangles in the morning. Whenever in, inevitably the same thing that's happened 30 other thousand times, she hits the button on the remote and the TV does something crazy and she has to call someone to come help her get it back to her channel. And I'm not getting those calls anymore because I can't walk across the street and go help. And that's darkness. Like you start to, to see life in its fullness as you grow up. And I wonder what is your darkness? Where is it in life that you feel hopeless or that you have no chance? I hope that by the end of today, you, the main idea can come to life in your, in your life. That darkness stands no chance in the light of Jesus. Darkness stands no chance in the light of Jesus. And we're gonna see this through three different uh, points this morning. First is that Jesus enters the darkness, Jesus enters the ordinary, and that Jesus is the light for all. So point number one, Jesus enters the darkness. Our scripture, uh, starting a little earlier in scripture, verse one of Luke chapter two, reads this way. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now let, let me recap us real quick to, tell, to show us where we are in the story. We began this Advent journey three weeks ago. Pastor Drew, our new pastor of discipleship, started us off in Isaiah. And we saw how this promised Messiah, this Lord, this Savior to come had been someone who the people had been hoping for for years and years and years. They've been looking forward to Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us to come. You can even trace it back to Genesis. Adam and Eve, they're looking for this person to come and stomp on the serpent's head to have his heel bruised. They were looking for the Messiah. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. Two weeks ago, Pastor Paul led us through Mary's perspective of the Christmas story and how Mary, this young girl, had this life-altering event. Comes down and finds out that she is pregnant through the Holy Spirit and that she will give birth to the Savior of the world and her response is just to live faithfully. And we learned how we should follow Mary's example in that. And then last week we talked about Joseph's perspective. Joseph, this guy who is engaged to Mary, betrothed to Mary, finds out that she's pregnant and it's not his. And how does he respond? He responds in an honorable way. He doesn't want to throw her in the town center, which he could, and have her stoned. No, he wants her to go away unharmed and to uh, break away their engagement silently. But then an angel comes and speaks to him in a dream and says, no, don't do that. Marry her. She has the savior of the world. And so now we see here, we pick up here in our scripture where it is the birthday of Jesus. They're traveling back because of a census that has been taking place. And now they're headed to Bethlehem, which is where we see Jesus to be born. And I believe this scripture points out a macro and a micro darkness. Now, the Christmas story for all the lights that we see 
uh, here and today and all the lights that we hear about in scripture is that Christmas was a dark time. It started out dark and I believe that um, that's important. And I believe that there is value to that. At the time we saw, uh, we read that Caesar Augustus was in charge, known as like the ruler of the world, the ruler of the nations. He was the head honcho and he was the first Caesar to be named Augustus. And Augustus means holy and revered. And in my study, one commentator was talking about how people would find solace uh, whenever Caesar, Caesar Augustus passed away because he was a God and gods do not pass away. Gods do not die. But we know that Caesar Augustus was nothing more than a mere man. He just ruled with pride and greed. Had a heavy fist. Kent Hughes puts it this way. There was peace, but it was a dark peace, a Hitler's peace. And no man or woman or boy or girl could say a word against it without fearfully looking over his or her shoulder. It was a dark time. Can we relate today? It was a dark time, but it wasn't just a dark time. It was a hard journey for, for Mary and Joseph. It was a hard journey. Kent Hughes continues talking about their journey saying this, it was a miserable journey. Mary was full term, which forced a slow rolling gait as she walked those 80 miles. Perhaps if she was fortunate, she had borrowed an animal to carry her. But whatever their situation, she traveled in the dust and cold of winter, bearing the distressing knowledge that she might have her first baby far from home, from her mother, from nearly everyone who cared about her. We see there's this darkness, there's this hopelessness in the Christmas story. And you see, with all the lights that we put up around this time of year, we can't forget that. We can't forget that Christmas is full of darkness, but it's because of this darkness that the light of Jesus shines so bright, that the hope of Jesus shines so bright is because of this darkness. But the question is, what's your darkness? Because the good news is that Jesus enters the darkness. Jesus enters into your darkness. See, he doesn't come, there's, two, there's a twofold point here is that Jesus does not come to the high and the proud, the mighty and the proud, but he comes to the low and the humble. And then our second point is that Jesus enters the darkness. He enters it on a macro level. He enters into that time period, the darkness of that time period, but he also enters into the darkness and the hard journey, the tough journey of Mary and Joseph. And so what's your darkness? What does your journey look like? What is your journey of darkness? Maybe your darkness seems small. Maybe life's generally good and your darkness seems small compared to other stuff. Maybe it's a nagging pain. Maybe it's just a less than perfect work environment or just a long, hard work day. Or maybe it seems bigger. Maybe your marriage is falling apart. Maybe you're heading towards divorce. Maybe parenting is leaving your tank on empty and you know you just have to continue to give and give and give. Maybe you have family member with a sickness, an illness. Maybe you have a sickness or an illness. Maybe you're struggling uh, not being able to have a kid. Maybe a recent death in the family has just made life dark. The good news of the gospel and the good news of our story the good news that it was a dark time period, the good news about Mary and Joseph having a hard travel, the good news about Jesus being born in a feeding trough, 
is that it shows that Jesus enters into the darkness and that Jesus can enter into your darkness. And so know that today, that Jesus enters into your darkness. But not only that, point number two is that Jesus enters into the ordinary. Our scripture continues. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You see, Jesus enters into the ordinary. We see the shepherds step on scene here. And the shepherds uh, reading about them, knowing about them, they were probably the shepherds looking over um, the, the, the temple sacrifices during those days. They were probably close near to the town and their job was to watch and protect the flock. That was their 24 seven. That was their day to day. That was their ordinary. And we see that this angel breaks through that this light shines in on their ordinary, normal, routine work day, work night. What does your ordinary look like? You see, Daryl Brock, speaking of the shepherds, the NIV commentary says this, the association of shepherds with these events adds an image of everyday living to the scene. God is involved not just with the special or great, but with all people with all people. Jesus can enter into your ordinary as well. So what does your normal day, routine, run-of-the-mill, ordinary look like? Maybe it's waking up early, fixing breakfast for the kids as they head out to school. Maybe it's working remotely so you can enjoy Charleston and all of its beauty as you please. Uh, Maybe it's, you know, just, just living life. Maybe it's taking care of someone. Or maybe you're ordinary, honestly reminds you more of the darkness that we just spoke about. Maybe your routine, your normal, your ordinary is that darkness. Broken marriages, tiresome days, sickness, illness, whatever your ordinary is, Jesus coming, the angels coming and speaking to the shepherds, telling them the good news of Jesus shows us that Jesus enters the ordinary. Jesus does not just wait for us to to be in the good days. He doesn't just wait for us to hit rock bottom, but he comes to us each and every day. And so in your ordinary, expect Jesus to show up. Expect him to come and be Emmanuel, God with you, God with us. Which leads us to point number three, Jesus, light for all. We see as the scripture continues that our shepherds, They hear this good news and then they head out to find this baby boy that's laying in a manger, that's laying in a feeding trough. And when they get there, they share what all the angels have told them. And our scripture picks up here. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So what was the news that was so important that everyone was wondering about it? Everyone was in amazement about this news. 
What was the news that was so important that the mother of the, sa of the Savior of the world is treasuring it? If we go back in our scripture to what we've already read, Luke uh, 2, verse 10 and 11, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The news that had left all who heard in wonder made the mother of this baby Jesus treasure this news. It was that this baby, the Savior of the world, was for all people. No one left out. No one left out but was for all people. No matter your story, no matter your background, your race, your ethnicity, your resume, your bank account, Jesus is for you. He is light for all. Light coming to tear away the darkness. Paul David Tripp in his New Morning Mercies uh, devotional puts it this way. The Christmas story really is a light story. No, not the lights that decorate the city where you live, the lights that you have carefully hung on the tree in your living room, or the candles that you have placed in your windows. No, this story is about the light coming into a world that had been sadly cast into darkness. Under the burden of the shroud of the shrewd rebellion and sin, the world had, had become a dark place. In the darkness of immorality, injustice, violence, greed, self-righteousness, thievery, racism, and a host of all other ills, the world was desperate for light. Everyone was part of the problem and everyone suffered from the problem, but no one could solve the problem. Does that sound familiar? God's solution was the only way. He sent the one who is light to be the light that would light the world by his grace. He came into the darkness so that we could know light and life forever. Here is the Christmas story. Only light can defeat the darkness and light has come. Light has come today for all people, no matter your situation, no matter your circumstance, whether it's looking good, looking bad, it's somewhere ordinary in the middle, Jesus has come to break through and come to see you. And so as we are engulfed in this Christmas season, Christmas is just a couple days away, and we see the light shining all around us, and we see nighttime come and fall, let us remember that Jesus is the light to our darkness. Jesus is the light to our ordinary, and Jesus is the light for all people. Isaiah chapter nine, verse two puts it this way. Speaking of the coming Messiah, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And the light shines here. Again, the good news is for all people that the Savior, who is Christ the Lord, has come. And the question, the challenge is, will you let the light in? Will you let the light in? The darkness in our life is easy to hide for some of us. It can be easy to, to cram it in the corner of your life, put on a good show in front of friends, and to not let the darkness come to light, not just with those around us, but from God as well, which is ironic because God knows, but we like to think that we can hide the darkness. And so the question is, will you let the light in? One commentary I was reading put it this way, the birth of Jesus several years ago means not very much if you don't let him into your life, if he's not born into your heart. 
So will you let Jesus in? Let me pray. Father, darkness stands no chance in the light of you. Darkness stands no chance in the light of Jesus. Father, help us to hold on to that. Life can get hard. Life can get tough. Life can get so confusing. But Father, you are constant. You show up every single time. Your light breaks through our darkness every single time. Although our circumstances may change, although life may still be tough, you provide us hope. You provide us light. So God, help us to hold on to that this Christmas season as we celebrate with family, as we celebrate with friends. Father, help us to look through our life, to see the places that we are not letting you in and help us to open up our darkness, our ordinary to you. Father, thank you. Thank you that, your, that darkness stands no chance in your light. It's in your name we pray, amen.